You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Brandon Richardson, welcome to Talking Theater Friends. Uh, I, I'm dying to know about, you know, MacGyver the musical. I have to ask, when you were, you know, when the show was on originally, did you ever try to do any of the MacGyver gadgets and like come up with like, I don't know, like something made of bubble gum sticks and like a plant? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I was a big MacGyver fan. My, it was my dad's favorite show. So I would watch it with him in the evenings growing up. I mean, I never, you know, for me, it was always, it was always like pretend. It was like, oh, we'll take, take the paper clip and do the, and we're going to unlock the thing. You know, I never, I never actually built engineered gadgets, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's like, oh, you go MacGyver, like MacGyver, we're going to, it was always that. <laughs> you came onto the the project of recording the cast recording to the, for the musical uh, for a friend of yours who is no longer with us, right? So, how was it to do the thing that you had talked with your friend originally about? Like, were you thinking about your friend uh, in the recording studio? Is is your performance in the cast album kind of like a you know heads up to you, my friend? Uh, absolutely. You know, my my support of the project is, I mean, certainly I, I, I have a love for MacGyver and a love for the property and and what can be done with it. But it's really it's because of the dream of of my friend and, and his partner and friend Lee uh, and um, and, you know, my my continued support of the project is an homage to to Stephen Gluckstern. That's really beautiful. Although there was a very short-lived I think re reboot of MacGyver a lot of people probably oh, don't know it's still going it, it, I think it ended in 2021 oh, and wow. it's it like an online campaign to to keep it keep it going for another season I think oh wow I hope they made it happen then but a lot of people yeah, you know MacGyver. <laughs> a lot of people don't know exactly what the MacGyver deal is what the MacGyver aesthetic is so like if you're thinking about maybe people who were way too young to know anything about the original show and have no idea like that the reboot, you know, happened and it's still trying to be made, how would you explain what MacGyver does? Someone who doesn't know anything about MacGyver. I would say he's MacGyver is Batman without the cape and cowl. Like he in the same way that Batman has no powers, but he uses his brain and engineering ingenuity to craft a way to solve problems and help people. 
that's what MacGyver does. You know, they've been able to call MacGyver in for all kinds of things, whether it was uh, military related or whether it was like archaeologically related and MacGyver would come in and find a way without guns to, to take down the bad guys and to save and help people. As I hope you don't find this like as a grandiose question for me to ask, but as someone who's a performer on stage television, you know, every medium basically, you're also a producer. Are you kind of like a MacGyver in the performing arts? Uh, I would, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I've never thought about that. And that's a, I think that's a fairly apt comparison, but I don't think my skills are MacGyver level yet, but I aspire, <laughs> I aspire, absolutely. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about, about wearing all these different hats then? Does the Brandon who does Jesus Christ Superstar Live on NBC, for instance, think differently than the Brandon who's a producer who's saying, let's do this, let's not do this. Is it different than the Brandon who then does a, a, a play? Uh, or are you basically the same person and just like trying to figure out all these different paths that you want to take? Yeah, the same person applying the same kind of deductive skills to different situations with different levels of influence and power. You know, I mean, the, the, the producing is really just grew out of uh, an effort to gain further knowledge and control over what I'm doing. You know, initially you want to have mastery over your words and then you want mastery of your words and your notes and then you want mastery over the scene, over the, the act, over the continent. What's the, what's the show about? What are we trying to say with this show? Uh, either what are we trying to say different about these characters in the story or what are we trying to say to the world through the story of these characters? You know, and all right, well now it's like, I, when, when we tell the story, I want to have this effect and it would be great if, if the lights could do this to me, or if I could do this, like, oh, well, we can't do that because we don't have the right light setup, or, or we can do that because it costs this or, you know, so then you start to like, okay, well, how do I make sure we have that or we don't have it? And so that's how you get into the producing aspects of it and, and, and finding other ways to create the storytelling energy exchange experience between you and the audience. You know, it's just, just, it's just about finding more ways to have a greater effect on that. And, you know, it is a business as well. So finding ways to make sure that the creative input that you put out into the world continues to generate uh, income for yourself and all those who are part of that creative entity. Have you found that your instincts as a producer have shifted or have changed in any way since 2020, basically, when we encountered not only the uh, ongoing pandemic, but also George Floyd was murdered and, you know, the entertainment industry made all these promises about what was going to happen to people of color, to black and brown people in every medium. And it's so many promises, I would say, haven't been kept. So have you shifted in any way from what you want and what you would prefer to produce than you thought or what you were doing, you know, three years ago? No. You know, my um, kind of the, the alignment of the kinds of things I like to perform in <clears throat> and the kinds of things that I look to help produce or help bring into the world, uh, they, they, they've remained pretty consistent and, and those values I, I find um, <clears throat> as crucial now as they were before these conversations. And most of the time, you know, my goal really, my efforts as an artist, as a human being are to expand the consciousness of myself and everyone around me. Uh, to engage in work that can do that. Uh, 
and to tell stories that can do that in one way, shape or form. And so, you know, those are the things I continue to be drawn to uh, and the things I continue to pursue. You know, I don't, <clears throat> you know, I, I think, I also think being on the producing side, uh, I have, um, I think I look at these things through a, a greater variety of perspectives um, than some of my colleagues do or have um, at different times, uh, because you know, I and, and I found all the conversations that sur surrounded kind of diversity, equity, and inclusion in our business to be. <clears throat> I think it's taken some time for them to find their focus uh, and to find their perspective. Um, and I think sometimes even within that conversation, we conflate. <clears throat> we conflate certain issues that shouldn't be conflated. And we also misunderstand where the power structures in our business lie. Uh, uh, I think another thing is, you know, a lot of the times when we talk about theater, we only think about Broadway. And we also think of Broadway like it's, uh, like it's a, a, a single company. Like we work for Broadway Incorporated and they've got a board of governors and a human resource department and, you know, and you know, you all need to do this and you all need to change that. And that's not what it is. It's a geographical location where, they, where a concentration of resources that have to do with live entertainment have gathered over time. Um, and those resources have been honed and developed in a certain way over time to create an audience. And that audience is relatively specific. Um, it's, it's expanded and morphed in the last 10 to 15 years to become more tourist and more commercial, but is a very mainstream, broad, audience, it's a very mainstream, broad uh, uh, business. And economically, it's also structured in that way. Um, so the way it's structured prevents uh, a lot of depth and diversity, even amongst the homogenous, you know, we'd use the white work. Uh, even that work's not highly de it, deep and, and, and diverse. It's commercial properties you're looking for, because of the cost of theater, most producers are looking to find, maximize, their buck in ways that they can find built-in properties, built-in audiences and convert those things. Um, and so, you know, for me, the, the conversation uh, about diversity, equity, and inclusion needs to take place primarily on the creative side. Uh, the idea that um, even in these relatively homogenous or commercial shows uh, with, you know, backgrounds that aren't necessarily highly diversified, the idea that those things can only be created by certain groups of creatives um, is, is, is a falsehood. And also, you know, all of us at performers of color, the 90% of us, we are educated in these institutions, in these mediums, in these cultural uh, uh, lanes, as well as the variety of others that we can bring. So it's like, so I think definitely on a technical level, on a creative level, that, that diversity and inclusion needs to be maximized. When you're talking about the content of the shows, you know, a reality that performers have to embrace is that not everything belongs on Broadway. Um, Broadway is not the, the audience for everything, for every live piece of entertainment. And so if we want to build and expand theater and live entertainment opportunities, we also have to recognize that our dollars are not only located here. Our dollars are located across the country. And so we have to invest in supporting the live entertainment networks in these different towns and these different cities where our communities are. We have to think about the kind of theater, the kind of live entertainment that other communities want to see, the kinds of sensibilities 
entertainment sensibilities that other communities work with. Because Broadway's a fairly niche sensibility, a, a niche way of telling stories. And so, you know, which is why you kind of have to break it up when you're trying to bring in younger audiences. You got to, you know, so, so I, you know, there, there is, there's very limited, I think there's, there's a very limited perspective oftentimes when we talk about these things and we need to expand um, our thinking about the business of theater um, when it comes to all these questions. Even in terms of access, you know, like you doing something like MacGyver, for instance, uh, or doing something like Jesus Christ Superstar, you're bringing theater not only to the States, you're bringing theater all over the world. So can you talk a little bit more about expanding access in terms of not only doing theater that people have to go sit in a geographically, you know, in a specific geographic place to be in? Because something like MacGyver, for instance, like I left New York uh, uh, about a year and a half ago, something like MacGyver just like brought me so much joy. You know, I just smiled from ear to ear listening to the work that all of you did. And that for me, it's theater. Absolutely. Again, it's, it's what people have to realize is that it's about, it's about that, it's about that live engagement. And even if that live engagement is, is a, is a pre-taped live musical event on, on television that gets broadcast into people's homes, there is, is still an element of live engagement there. And, and I think that that is, that is the thing we have to think about. You're looking to engage people, looking to engage communities. As the entertainment medium is changing and as, as media is changing and changes how we, uh, how we intake content. Um, but you know, being able to take a show like MacGyver and, and imagine it not in a traditional proscenium setting, but in a way that it can travel around the country and get into different spaces to get to regular people. You know, one of the coolest things about the MacGyver show for me is that, you know, you know, before the show starts, they announce that the lead actor playing MacGyver is, can't make it to the show, but the show must go on. And so they get three or four volunteers from the audience. And they all have to dance something, sing something, and act something. And then the audience, by applause, decides who's going to play MacGyver that night. And then that cast, that, that audience member joins the cast and goes and does the show. You know, just a very unique way into the MacGyver model, but also into a model of doing an immersive kind of musical theater performance. And that's, that's a kind of, that's a great thing. Being able to take a story like Jesus Christ Superstar, which is kind of a, a global property, but to imagine it with these artists in this way and to beam that into living rooms across the world, you know, that is a, that's a special and unique thing. I think it's something, you know, after that night or that night, you know, Lynn manuel Miranda tweeted, he was like, like what a special thing it is that we were all doing this at the same time, sharing this experience with one another. And that's, that's what you look for, right? That's the power of art. A poem, a play, a piece of music, an album can transform a generation in a moment. Absolutely. I have two questions about the potential new MacGyver, not the potential, like the real new MacGyver at every performance. Like, first, I have a very silly question. Like, if you got to have any of your artist friends play MacGyver, who would you love to see play MacGyver at some point? Because I was like, if Audrey McDonald comes to a performance and she's selected as MacGyver, I would love to be in the audience. Oh, Audrey, Audrey would be a tremendous MacGyver. Wouldn't she? She would. She would. I'd also. I'd like to see Anna Lee Ashford play MacGyver. Oh, that'd be like a very, very funny MacGyver. 
<laughs> okay, I hope you can make it happen at some point then. But now for the more serious question, I guess. This, you know, the beautiful thing about this potential MacGyver and getting someone new to play the part of every performance is also that you're opening the door for people who maybe never thought that something like this could be possible for them. So as someone who actually has an award named after them for excellence in high school theater, what would you advise people who are in high school who maybe don't know that or who have been told historically that they can't be artists, that they can't be performers? How would you challenge that? How would you tell them you're welcome? Like we want you here. I would tell them the only thing that matters is if they can see it for themselves. You know, growing up, I was regularly told about the impracticality of my goals and my desires, but they remain fixed in my brain. Um, so I never, I, I never doubted the possibility, and that's un, that's I guarantee you that is a part of the reason why I was able to manifest it. Um, <clears throat> I saw this clip from Eddie Murphy the other day. He was like, he was, and look, this is relative, but the way he said it actually really did resonate for me. Cause he was like, he's like, he's like, if you can imagine it, if you can see it, if you can picture it, then you, it really, you really can make it happen. He was like, he's like, think of Attack of the Killer Green Tomatoes, Sharknado, some of the stupidest things you've ever seen. He's like, but somebody, saw it and kept seeing it and kept pitching it and kept going and and they made it and the only way something that dumb gets made is because somebody can see it and they can believe it and they're willing to pursue it and I thought that was absolutely perfect and it's uh and so I, you know for me I see it see it for yourself and put yourself in the environments where even a percentage of it can become true because that percentage will grow the more you continue to do it. So to say the 80s territory, basically like field of dreams, if you build it, they will come, right? If you build it in your mind, it should if happen. You it, if you build it, well, if you don't build it, they can't and they won't. How about that? So <laughs> build it, it will create the possibility. And thank you for reminding me of the killer tomatoes, by the way, I forgot about that completely. You know, I, I know what I'm doing later tonight. Um, <laughs> I would love to hear you talk a little bit about, because you're already doing this inspirational work with the VR Foundation. Can you talk a little bit about what the foundation is, how people can become involved, and what your goals are? Uh, yes. The, so the We Are Foundation, uh, you know, our mission is to use the connective power of the arts to bridge the gaps between communities by creating access and amplifying voices that emphasize our shared humanity. Uh, you know, the organization was uh, created during the, the kind of the last general election um, in order to tie primarily like lower income disenfranchised communities uh, more closely to the power of their vote. And really more than that, the power of their ability to affect change in their local communities, because really government um, is local <clears throat> and um, and community is local and it's really on that level that that's still on that level is the only place in which we can really affect real change um and so you know for us it's it's about creating initiatives uh annually that can engage the community and tie them more closely to the power that we have as individuals and as a collective on the ground level um and you know it, and primarily it's about trying to spread 
kind of this artistic philosophy that I try to breed in, in my work uh, about finding ways to connect people so that we can expand our consciousness as a society. Because that's, that's, that's why we are here. We are here to, to, to live and love amongst one another and for that living and that loving to, to grow and expand who we are and who we can be. That's really beautiful. It's probably impossible to pick just one, but was there one or were there many instances of um, examples of arts that touched you in a way that you knew that this is what you had to do? Um, I mean, there are, I mean, I'm trying to think of one that really encapsulates. Um, look, I will. I will choose uh, the incident and the incident surrounding it. Uh, you know, when we, when I was doing Hamilton, and the vice president elect at the time, Mike Pence, came to to see the show. Um, and you know, we we it was after a fairly contentious, intense election, um, you know, and we made a statement from the uh, from the stage as a cast just about our our hopes for how we can going forward put away some of the vitriol and the contentious nature of things and remember as an example <clears throat> that we are all in this room tonight a diverse group of people in the audience and a very diverse group of people on stage telling an American story about our struggles, but also our successes and what we can achieve together through that push and pull. And I, you know, I, I, I think that there is a lot that that show has, has done to get people to open themselves up a bit more to the complexity of our American story and the nuance of our American story, and particularly for young people to start to use that to engage themselves about, <clears throat> to strip away the kind of the venerated mythology of our founders and, re and reveal them as people with gifts and flaws, uh, striving to forge uh, the future that they think is best for themselves and their loved ones. And, and reminding using that art to remind people that we have that power too. It's not, it's not something that these great men dreamed of and, and made happen and they created this perfect thing. No, regular people coming together to fight to forge a thing that was imperfect then and remains imperfect. But if we can strive for perfection amongst ourselves, <clears throat> then that thing can grow and evolve. You know, that's I'll, I'll use that as so far in your life and your career. What are the best, uh, at least for you, methods of self-care that you have discovered that you might want to share with our audience? Uh, being able to take time for oneself and travel. Those are the, I think those are the things, just changing the environment and getting out into nature uh, uh, and unplugging from the general stimuli that you're accustomed to. Those are the things that I find the most restorative. So let's bring it back to MacGyver then. Your song, Drink, 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 is hilarious and beautifully uh, performed, obviously. And there are two things about it that I was like, I have to ask you this. First of all is, although it's a very funny song, it's also a celebration of life and how we're not here for, you know, for a, for a long time, right? Like we're not here. No one knows how long we're gonna be here for. So 
I wonder when you were uh, when you were recording that when you were singing that, how do you keep the 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 humor and the comedy aspect with the lyrics that in so many ways can be very 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 sad, uh, and let's let's start with that. Uh, well, you know, I, I think it, uh, the our our composer Peter Lurie uh, has an ability to imbue the music and the musical stylings with the energy and the color that you need, while also making sure that the storytelling is sophisticated enough to carry those layers. And so, you know, I, I, I'm going to say that it's uh, it's a gift of the writing. <laughs> I love it. That's great. And then the next question: What's your poison of choice? What's mine? Poison of choice, since it's sung about poison of choice. Whiskey, Lagavulin in sixteen years. A scotch. That's the way to go. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, so, uh, Brandon, would you like to tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find the MacGyver uh, cast recording, and if there's anything else that people, wherever they are in the world, can see you performing next? Uh, all information on MacGyver the Musical and the cast album can be found at MacGyver.com backslash musical. Uh, and you can catch up with me and all the things that I'm doing on, on the socials at Brandon V. Dixon. Thank you so much. This has been a true pleasure. And I hope you get to travel somewhere fun and natural and beautiful soon. I hope so as well. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.